we talk in community. We will continue talking community until Christmas Day. And congratulations those of us who will be there. Uh, you see, church is community, like we have always said. Church is family. Church simply means those that God has called out of the world to be his children and to do Jesus. I think the ministry of the church is to do Jesus, is to do like Jesus, is to minister Jesus in the world, to the world, two things, in the world and to the world. We are in the world, we are not of the world, but we minister Jesus in the world and to the world so the world can believe in Jesus. Because anything called a human being that does not believe in the Lord Jesus will not see God. I think that's a painful fact that we need to fully understand. But then we have a mandate as church to keep equipping each other, encouraging each other so we can minister Jesus, the way of Jesus, not our way, not the ways of our denominations or our backgrounds or our cultures or our religious beliefs or standings, but the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it is important also that we equip believers about who they are as community. Because if you do not understand that we are a team, we are one, we might miss who Christ is. So this morning I'll just run through a little or a short message on the topic that we are a one another community. You see, in the Bible, there is in the New Testament where the church is. By the way, the church is in the New Testament. In the New Testament, there is a lot of instructions on how we should live as a community. There's a lot of instructions on what this community is all about, what this family is all about. And they are called one another ministries or one another instructions. You see, these one another things are clearly giving us an indication that you are not a Christian for yourself. You are not amongst us for yourself. You are not following Jesus Christ for yourself, but for the person next to you. You see, Christianity, ladies and gentlemen, is not necessarily for me or for you as an individual, but it's for the other person. I live my Christianity for you. You live your Christianity for me. Because your Christianity should show me Jesus. Your Christianity must manifest to me Jesus. Your Christianity must show to me how Jesus is like. I don't have to go to heaven to see Jesus. 
I just have to look at you, then I see Jesus. Are you with me this morning? So we are a one another community. We are a one another family. And when we understand that we do family and do life and do community together for each other, for one another, guess what? We got deeper in our understanding of God. Not only that, we also got deeper in appreciating one another, in understanding one another, in caring one another, and in doing those things we ought to do for one another. So in those one another things that I'm going to talk about this morning, I think you need to understand that about 59 times in the Bible, in the New Testament, uh, we are given these one another instructions on what to do, how to do, who we want to do with, whatever we need to do. The, the one another word is used 100 times in the 94 New Testament verses. If you see something or one concept so repeated in the Bible, it shows you it is crucial. Very, very crucial. 47 of these verses give instructions direct to the church collectively and others to individuals. How to relate one to another as the church and as individuals one to another. And 60% of these were written by Paul in his epistles to the church. I think we need to understand, ladies and gentlemen, that Paul's epistles are not written to the world. They are written to believers. They are letters to the church. And so everything in Paul's letters is about the church. It's not about the world. So don't judge those people out there based on the letters of Paul. They cannot understand what is in there until they give themselves to the Lord Jesus and become part and parcel of this family called Christians. Only then can they understand. So Paul's letters are for you, are for me, are for us, and 60% of the one another things are in those letters. Paul writes to the church on how the church ought to treat or relate to itself. That is beautiful. Four of the one another commands, as it were, are about kissing. I'm not going to talk about that. Paul and even Peter, they write something beautiful about this. And uh, I'll just refer to it once as I move on. I'm just laying a little bit of a, a background here. But when you look at those one another things, the 59 instructions, they give us three main themes. And uh, these three main themes are the ones that help us to conform to Christ-likeness. Three themes that I will just highlight here for you. They help us to become like Jesus. 
They help us to conform to the likeness of the Lord Jesus. So what are these three themes? One, it's unity, love, and humility. If you read the one another instructions or commands in the Bible, they will highlight these three themes. Unity of the church or in the church. Love amongst ourselves as believers and our humility. You know, believers are very humble people. So this morning, maybe let me just put it this way. One third of the one another commands deal with the unit of the church. Where there is unity, he commands a blessing. We can be the church, we can be whoever we are, if we are not fully united to the way of the scripture, we struggle with a lot of things. But our unity together gives us power to overcome. It gives us victory over many things. There are many things that we suffer when we are disunited as a body of Christ or as believers. But there are many obstacles we overcome when we are united. And so the emphasis of the one another is unity. Then another third instructs the church or Christians to love one another. And about 15% of this stress and attitude of humility among the saints. And this morning I just want to focus on one of the themes, which is love. So I am Dr. Love this morning. I'm going to talk love and help us to understand what this love thing is all about. <coughs> Are you ready for this? I'm not sure if I'm enjoying my voice here this morning. It keeps dropping. We are called to love before anything else as Christians. You see, Christianity is a lifestyle of love. Christianity is a journey of love. Christianity cannot, cannot be practiced outside love. Without love, there is no Christianity to talk about. And because Christianity is the journey that depicts or manifests the nature of God. And God is love. Anyone calling himself a Christian, he he or she is literally saying, I love. I love what my father loves. And it hurts, or rather hurt what he hurts. That's pure love. That's your calling. That's our assignment to love. Love, the Bible says, love God with all your hearts with all your minds, with all your strength, and all that you have. You see, the whole of you is to love. Your attitude must love. Your feelings must love. Your emotions must love. Your appearance must love. Your failure must love. Your, your weakness must love. Everything about you is about love. Because that's your assignment, your number one assignment. Love our neighbors as we love ourselves. There's no room for hatred. Love our enemies, they are not left out. 
It doesn't matter how many enemies you make, you ought to love them. Because your journey and your life is about love. So when you love, you will stop making enemies unnecessarily. And you'll make friends out of enemies. So that is who we are. Our walk with God is a love journey. So I want us to look at a few scriptures this morning. We will take a little bit of a run through scriptures on this love one another. That's what we are called to do. Love one another. Maybe you can say to your neighbor, love me. Because when the Bible says love one another, it literally says love your neighbor. Eh? So just help them and say love me. Because they ought to love you. So I have a few scriptures that I want us to, to go through on loving one another. Let's go to our first scripture, John chapter 13, verse number 34, and maybe 35. And a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. It's a new commandment. Let me read you, okay, verse 35. By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Those are two powerful concepts there. It's a new commandment. Why is it new? It is new because it is now a standard. Jesus is calling us to a new standard. Before this, they could not come to this kind of love. They loved, yes, but now they are given a new standard to love like Christ. That's the new standard. They were loving anyway. They were choosing who to love and who not to love. They were choosing how to love. But Jesus is saying, now because you are following me, I am giving you a new commandment of love. That you love one another. The way I have loved you. Don't just say love one another and stop there. No. There is a qualification. There is a how. There is a description of how to love one another. We love one another the Jesus way. We love one another like Jesus loves us. How does Jesus love you? Ask yourself that question and answer it. And the way you answer it is exactly what you need to do to your neighbor. The love of Jesus is a sacrificial love. It doesn't hold. He never held or withheld himself. He gave himself out for you and me. That's the first qualification of his love. That is to say we are called to give ourselves for one another. We are called to walk the whole journey with one another. Whether you lack them or not. Whether they are what you think or what you desire or not. You just got to love and walk with them in love because you are doing it with Christ. There is no discrimination in Christ's love. There is no grumbling in Christ's love. There is no condemnation in Christ's love. There is no withholding in Christ's love. 
There is no unnecessary judgment in Christ's love. In fact, it doesn't judge. If Christ's love judges, it says, I love you. That's the judgment of his love. So we are called to this higher standard. And he says in verse 35, sorry, in verse 15, the world will know that indeed you are mine. That indeed you are my disciples. That indeed you are my followers. Indeed you are my students. Indeed you are learning from me when you love one another. Not when you come to a church service. Not when you speak in tongues. Not when you give an offering or a tithe. Not when you sweep the auditorium. Not when you make tea or sing in the choir. Mm -mm, because the people in the world can also make tea. They can sing in the choir. They can, you know, do whatever you do. They can even give. Eh? They can pay tithe and give offerings to their gods. So that's not what distinguishes you from the world. But what distinguishes us from the world is our ability to love one another. It's our ability to protect one another. It's our ability to be there for one another. It's our ability to lift one another up. It's our ability to come together as one people, one family of God, and do Jesus. Are you with me this morning? So he says, this is what the world will look at and they see. Ladies and gentlemen, our testimony to the world is not the cars we own, it's not the kind of houses we live in, it's not all these other things, but it's how much we love one another. And this loving one another is not just a verbal love, it's a doing love, it's an active love, it's a manifesting love, it is a practical love. Maybe you can ask your neighbor, how much do you love me? And the answer is, like Jesus loves you. Is that clear? There is no other description of how much you love me or I love you. It's only that like Jesus loves you. Because I'm called to love you like Jesus. Hallelujah. Loving one another. Let's move on to another scripture. I think this is John chapter 15. Did I give that scripture? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is John 15 verse 12. What's verse 17 say? These things I command you so that you will love one another. Hear the emphasis. The emphasis on loving one another. I have commanded you to love one another. These things I say so that you love one another. These things I do so that you love one another. Because the whole essence of our Christianity is loving one another. Are you with me this morning? We are a loving one another community. We are a one another family. My pain is your pain. My shame is your shame. My joy is your joy. My weakness becomes your weakness. Yeah? Everything I am becomes your responsibility. You are responsible for me. I am responsible for you. That is loving one another. Are you with me this morning? That's what the Lord is saying. Let's move on to our next verse. And we see. First Peter. 
1.22. Having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brother love. Sincere brother love. Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Love one another earnestly. There there is no pretense in our love, ladies and gentlemen. In the world, they can come and say, I love you, and they gossip you the moment you move away. At your back, they point fingers. At your back, they slander you. But here, our love is pure and sincere. There is no backbiting in our love. There is no gossiping in our life, in our love. There is not that, as long as he's not here, we can talk about them. What do you talk about me in my absence? You ought to talk about it in my presence. That is love. Are you with me this morning? And Peter is writing and says, love one another earnestly. I can even add mine there and say, love one another energetically. Because there must be energy in love. Because it is a practical thing. From a pure heart. It's not about what I have done to you that makes you love me. Even when I have done zero, nothing, you love me. You are commanded to love me. Even when I make you angry, you love me. You have no choice. (laughs) It's it's a command, it's an instruction. You love. That's Christianity. How many times do you offend Jesus? He still loves you. How many times really do you spit at his face? He still loves you. He went to the cross. He can't undo the cross. Do you know that because of what he has accomplished on the cross, he cannot turn around to turn and say, I don't love you. No. He loves you eternally because he has already authored it and accomplished it. And he calls you to emulate him. If you're going to walk with me, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to be my student, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to enjoy my father's kingdom with me, love one another. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Do this that I am doing to you to others. That's the standard. A very challenging standard, I guess. Let's move on. 1 John 3:11. For this is the message that we have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Ladies and gentlemen, loving one another is not something that is coming up now. It was in the beginning. In the beginning of beginnings, it was. It's the same message. Christianity is the same from one generation to another. The message of Christianity is the same from one generation to the last generation. The message is you love one another. Like I said, there is no Christianity to talk about if we can come here as King City Church and we don't love one another. This love I am talking about, ladies and gentlemen, goes beyond the Sunday service. Here during the service, we can come together, smile, 
share coffee together and listen to what I'm saying and do all those little things and go away and will, until the other Sunday. In between, there is no life. In between, we are not doing life together. That is not the love God has called us for. The love God has called us to is such that we do life together right throughout. We are together. Talk to your neighbor and say we are together. We are together because we are a family. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning that you should love one another. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, this instruction, love one another, is mentioned 16 times. It's mentioned 16 times by Jesus himself, by Paul, and by John and Peter. They repeat the same statement, making an emphasis on how our journey ought to be. That of loving one another. On how this community ought to be. Ladies and gentlemen, without love, there is no community to talk about. The reason why the world is burning up and doing whatever it is doing is because the world cannot love the way you and me can love. Or ought to love. The love of the world is... I didn't want to say fake, but it is. In the world is Tangawandita and Shona. First, love me. You want me to love you? Love me first. Love me too. But here, whether you love me or not, I ought to love you. Because if I don't, I am against Christ. I am rejecting the accomplished work on the cross of Calvary. And you cannot reject Christ and claim you are a Christian. Ladies and gentlemen, rejecting Christ is not following the simple instructions that reveal him. The simple things that we ought to do that reveal Christ, if we are not doing them, we are rejecting Christ. Congratulations, you can come to church. Congratulations, you are born again and spirit-filled. You are anointed and all that kind of stuff. But your life is rejecting the one you are following. And it is not in order. May I call the house to order this morning. And the order of this community is loving one another. Not by words, but by deeds also. That's how we ought to love. And that is how God wants us to do it. Let me just show you maybe three or four things on how to love this. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have heard from the beginning, that we love one another. Let's move on. I don't have to re-emphasize this one. Let me just show you maybe how we expect you to love one another. Just a few things. How the Bible expects us to love one another. How to do this loving one another thing. I'll just give you about four things and I will be off. And uh, then you can enjoy practicing this. The first one is Galatians 5, verse 13. 
for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love save one another. The way we express and manifest our love for one another is in saving one another. Saving one another has many connotations, but one of the connotations of saving one another is helping one another. It's being available for one another. It's being there to help another believer when they are going through difficulties, when they are going through whatever situations or circumstances. You don't sit on the line or on the fence and say, look at them. You go down and help them. That's why the Bible says, carry one another's burdens. That is saving one another. We are a saving community. Before you save the world, save this community. Then your saving the world becomes impactful. It, tra it becomes transformative. It can change. You see, believers who save out there and they do not save here, they have no impact in what they are doing. That's why sooner or later they look like the world. Because what qualifies my service out there is my service in here. Ladies and gentlemen, charity begins at home. If we can't love here, we cannot love out there. It is called hypocrisy. So, we love by saving one another. Number one. Number two, Ephesians 4 verse 2. It says, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. Bearing with one another in love. Bearing means tolerating, eh? one another in love. Hey, some people are hard to tolerate. Some people are hard to be with. <laughs> Very hard to stand. They will offend you. They will speak ill of you. They will make you angry. They will do everything. Yeah, to test you and to judge you to condemn you, but guess what? Your duty is to tolerate them. Your duty is to bear with them in their childishness. Your duty is to help them mature. When you push them away, they don't grow. But when you bring them close, you can impact their stupidity and turn it into wisdom and turn it into goodness. Maybe say to your neighbor, tolerate me, whichever way. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> these one another instructions work throughout all our lives. They work in our marriages. They work at home in the family level. They work in business. They work everywhere, everywhere. As couples tolerate one another. Be with one another. No matter how offensive the other person is, tolerate them in love. And that toleration of them in love, guess what? 
is begged with your humility. It's begged with your gentleness and your patience, without which you cannot bear with humanity. People will offend you, but when you are humble and patient enough, remember these are the part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you do so, then you are able to. And you can love and move on. Let's go on to the third thing. First Peter 5, 14. Greet one another with the kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ. Greet. Let's look at that. Greet. One of the acts of love is greeting one another. How often do you greet one another here? Somebody has been here for six or so months. They have never greeted a single person. They just withhold themselves, withhold their love, go and have coffee, and off they are gone. Don't sit down and wait for another person to come and greet you. Greet one another. Let's understand these simple basics. Animals greet, isn't it? Yeah, I've seen animals greet each other in a way animals ought to greet each other. Whether it's fighting or kicking or jumping or doing whatever, I think it's their way of greeting. But you and me, we don't kick. No, we greet each other. Well, COVID-19 has banned our natural way of greeting, this handshake, hugging, and all that kind of stuff. But here, the Bible says greet with a kiss of love. This is not those wet kisses you are thinking of and uh, the bedroom kiss and the like. No, 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 no. These things were written from a context, a particular context. They practiced the ways of kissing, of greetings. Yeah? You go to some context or other cultures, they will put their foreheads together yeah? as a way of greeting. They will hug as a way of greeting. That's, that's a kiss, by the way. They will uh, do whatever they are doing, isn't it? And others will just plant a kiss on your cheek. When I was growing up, when my grandmother came home, she always did two things. She would plant a kiss here and I would feel good. Wow. Hello. Is that strange? That's how they did it, isn't it? And I think that's how we do it. Mm -hmm. Or she will kiss my forehead. And I loved both the cheek and the forehead. The forehead assures you that indeed you are able, you are loved. It builds confidence in me. Others have got their own ways of greeting with a kiss of Love. Whichever way, which is not the other way, you will do it one to another. In love. Because it's an expression of your appreciation of the other person. It's an expression of your love. You are literally saying to this other person, you are part of me. We are together in this. Let's move together. Let's walk together. It encourages, it inspires. Greet one another. Let's be in the habit of talking one to a 
another. Let's be in the habit of greeting. These days you greet with SMSs or WhatsApp. Hi, how are you? Anything that I can pray for, then you're done, isn't it? You have checked. It's been there for one another. So I have said save one another, tolerate one another, greet one another, the last one. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Eh? Love one another with brotherly affection. The word affection there talks of devotion. Be devoted one to another. Be given to one another. Be committed to one another. That, that, that's how it is. You see, Jesus is devoted to you and me. He's so committed to you and me. That's why the Bible says nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. That shows how committed God is to you, how devoted he is to you. And he is asking you, if you are my follower, be as devoted one to another the way I am devoted to you. In that manner you can minister Christ. In that manner you can preach up the cause of Jesus Christ. Because your duty and my duty as Christians is to minister Christ. Everywhere we are, in all that we are doing, may people see Jesus. May we witness for Jesus. May people learn Jesus in the way we interact, in the way we do our relationships, in the way we love, in the way we do things. And funny enough, God is full of humor. We are one community, we are one family, we ought to marry each other. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah? We don't have to go outside. We look within. Marry your brother. Marry your sister in the Lord. That's Christianity. <laughs> and when you are married, you continue to be devoted one to another. You continue to show this brotherly affection. One to another. Are you with me this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, all I wanted to say this morning is we are a family of love. We are called to love one another, without which we are not a family but a social club. We don't want to turn Jesus' church into a social club. We want to remain obedient to the cause of Christ. And if we are obedient to the cause of Christ, we just ought to love one another, the way of the Lord. We do all we do in love for one another. We are called to love one another. It is a command. We don't choose it. We command it. We are instructed. We are told. If we are followers of the Lord Jesus, this is it. This is the standard. This is the pattern. This is how we walk. This is how we live here. We do life together. We uphold and uplift one another. We support one another. We are there for one another. Hallelujah. If we don't love, we do not know God. To know God is to love one another as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, let's love one another. Before we change the world, 
change starts here. We are so powerful, so strong, if we go into the world begged by this love here. If I know and I fully know and I fully know that there are people in the kingdom of God who are behind me and loving me, there is nothing that can stop me, nothing that can come on your way. Because that love becomes your power. It pushes you to continue in the faith, to continue walking in love, to continue walking in wisdom, in light, and circumspectly, and making use of every opportunity because the days are evil. God bless you throughout the week. Continue loving and keep loving and keep loving. Jesus loves you. Let's bow our heads and pray.